Why, hello, Heart of Dating peeps. Welcome back to this fun compatibility series we're doing here on the podcast. These are shorter episodes featuring yours truly. And I wanted to do this series because I wanted to really bring up some of the hot button things that are discussed when it comes to compatibility and why you are or are not choosing to date someone. Some of the things we've been discussing around here include age gaps, height differences or different height preferences, different sexual ethics, which lead to different physical boundaries. And then also we've been talking about weight, which we're going to talk about today. And then there's been actually a lot of other things you guys have been bringing up too. So I'm thinking of extending this compatibility series and giving y'all a few more based on what you guys have been discussing and what's been coming up. If you've been following along over on Instagram, over on my account at Kateness, you'll see that we've been talking a lot about these things already. And so many of y'all have sent in your testimonials about things such as age gaps and height differences and also weight differences. And so go ahead over to my account at Kateness and you'll be able to go through the highlights and see some of these testimonials. The first week of the series, we talked about redoing your list. And I really encourage you guys that if you have not listened to that episode, please, please, please do me a favor and go listen to that episode about redoing your list because basically it's the precursor into the rest of these episodes. This is really, really important. The second week of the series, we talked about age gaps and y'all had so much to say about age gaps. And what I love about it is so many of y'all are now considering people outside of your normal age preferences, which is really cool. And then last week, we discussed height and height preferences in dating. And y'all, oh my goodness, if I had, you know, if I got paid every single time I heard someone say, man, there's no good guys out there. And I'm like, well, what about this guy? And they're like, oh, what? No, he's too short. I mean, seriously, and he could be a perfectly amazing guy, but so many people are writing off people because of their height. And I'm like, okay, y'all, what's going on? What's underneath that? So last week we talked all about that. And we also have all of that discussion over on Instagram for you as well. And then while we were talking about height and height preferences, something else came up. When I put out that poll on Instagram and I started reading some of your testimonials, so many of y'all started talking about weight. And one of the main fears of dating somebody outside your height preference was a lot of people were saying, you know, if I date someone that's my height or slightly above or maybe slightly below, I fear that I'm going to feel really big next to them. And that was specifically for the women. So this brought up a conversation about weight preferences and weight and dating. And so I started that conversation as well over on Instagram. And within the Instagram poll, I asked y'all, would you go out with somebody who was outside of your typical weight preference, meaning somebody who weighed significantly more than you or somebody who weighed significantly less than you? And the responses were really interesting because most people actually said that they would with the caveat of if that person was healthy which then brings into question, what is healthy? So today we're talking all about weight preferences. And to do that, we're going to talk about a few things here, which I really hope you'll stick with me because I think this is really, really important. So while you guys were saying, yes, I might consider dating somebody outside my weight preference as long as they're healthy, this brings up the question, what is healthy? So I asked you all on Instagram, what do you define as healthy? And here are some of the most common responses that I read. Someone is healthy if they are active. They're healthy if they have a healthy diet and healthy food choices. They're healthy based on how much they exercise. 
They're healthy based on their routines and priorities that they put in place for their life. They're healthy based on their physical appearance and their BMI. They're healthy based on their water, sleep, food, and exercise combined. They're healthy if they have self-control as well as self-control with food and drink. They're healthy if they have good hygiene. They're healthy if they are self-aware. For some of the responses, I saw them being very specific on this Instagram poll. I either some people that said healthy for me means somebody who can hike. Healthy for me means if they move their body two to three times a week at least. Healthy for me means if they eat vegetables. And then there were some people who said things when it came to healthy that I actually really liked. So I'm going to read those as well. Healthy means a combination of physical exercise, a balanced diet, as well as mental and emotional health. Healthy is determined by the fruit of their lives and what is actually going on in their lives. People can do a lot of quote unquote healthy things and still be unhealthy. I weigh healthiness by seeing how happy that person is. Happiness and joy reflects health to me. Someone who is healthy is someone who makes consistent effort to take care of themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. Someone is healthy if they nourish their body and mind with balance and move their body with joy. Someone is healthy if they have health-promoting behaviors, but it's nothing really to do with weight. Someone is healthy by their actions. Are they in therapy and searching for growth? All right, y'all. So I just want to address for a second this concept of healthy. The reality is, in many ways, healthy is a bit of a subjective concept. One person's healthy standards may actually be ridiculous for another person. For example, take person A. For person A, healthy may be going on daily walks, getting eight hours of sleep, eating food that nourishes their body, but not being crazy limiting, regularly stretching, drinking water, prioritizing mental and emotional health. But then healthy for maybe person B could look totally different. For person B, healthy may look like going to the gym five to seven times a week, lifting weights every single time, and getting objectively physically fit. But if person A lived this lifestyle regularly, they felt good about themselves and felt healthy physically, emotionally, and mentally, but also had curves, either a man or a woman, would that make them unhealthy? My answer is no, it would not make person A unhealthy if they were curvier or had a little extra pounds on them. Not at all. The point is, whether we want to admit it or not, often we categorize healthy and attractive as someone who is ripped, someone who is tall, on the guy side at least, someone who works out however we feel is acceptable, someone who has striking features, someone who is maybe more quote-unquote physically ideal. But I'm going to be real honest right here, okay? Between person A and person B of the above, I personally would rather date person A. The person with a well-rounded physical lifestyle that takes their mental and emotional health seriously. And yet, have you ever stopped to wonder where this idea of healthy and where your definition of healthy even came from? And have you ever stopped to wonder if your definition of healthy is even godly? And then to that end, I'm curious to also know, what standards for healthy are you judging yourself on? 
The amazing author, speaker, pastor Jess Connolly has done profound work in the area of body image and body shame. And she said this, we may have to redefine health because for many of us, health has become synonymous with meeting cultural aesthetic expectations. That is no good. When shame is eliminated from the equation, we are freed up to determine what living in health looks like for our individual bodies. I love that. Amen, Jess Connolly. So that's the thing, you guys. We really have to look and dive into what does healthy really mean? So maybe you would date somebody outside your weight preference if they were healthy, but then what does healthy really mean to you? And are you still limiting something or judging somebody based on their health without actually really knowing what they're doing in their lives? Because often that's what we're doing. Often we're judging a book by its cover. Often we're going on dating apps and swiping left because somebody doesn't look physically healthy in our opinions. We do the same thing in real life. And while we want to say all day long, yeah, sure, I'd date someone who, you know, was outside my white preference as long as they're healthy, I don't actually think a lot of our actions are in line with that. So my challenge to you is we have to redefine what healthy means. Health is often driven by meeting cultural aesthetic expectations. It's driven by physicality. It's driven by cultural standards of attraction. And this is not good. This is not what God really wants us to look at. And it's easy to fall into this path because it is so rampant, even in the church. Okay. How many times have you heard a pastor say, yes, date, you know, date somebody who you wouldn't normally date and don't just look at the physical, but then they're dating a supermodel, right? I mean, they happens all the time. And that's not bad. I'm not trying to shame those pastors at all. But I think that it's even subconsciously underneath it all, even a message we're getting in the church. And maybe sometimes it's explicitly said in the church as well. All right. So I want to go on a very brief, short tangent here. Okay. Stay with me. Sometimes I believe that we are so stuck in weight differences because we think weight indicates an inability to keep up with our lifestyle preferences. So with that, I want to kind of briefly address this whole lifestyle preference thing. Because when it comes to the subject of weight and dating, I actually got so many DMs from people that want to be able to run marathons. They want to be able to do crazy hikes. They want to be able to do CrossFit with their partner. And I got so many DMs being like, well, I won't date someone unless they're able to do a marathon with me. I won't date someone unless they're able to be as active as I am. I'm not going to date someone as l- unless they can do all these amazing hikes that I want to do and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so within that, That's where I want to bring up two things. First of all, I want you to go back and listen to episode in this series where I ask you to redo your list, okay? Because within that episode, we talk very clearly about the need to have versus the nice to have versus the fun to have, okay? Really, really, really important that you listen to that episode. And if you already listened to it, I want you to re-listen to it if you are so stuck on lifestyle preferences, And next, I want you to read Matthew 6.33. Gary Thomas is an incredible bestselling author, and he talks a lot about Matthew 6.33 in his national bestselling book, The Sacred Search, which, by the way, side note, if you're looking for a really good dating book, this is the one you need. I love this book. It was such a game changer for me in my life. Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Gary talks about the fact that marriage should not be about making you happy. By looking at Matthew 6.33, rather, marriage is actually designed to make you holy. There's a very wild but common idea floating out here in the world that you need to find a soulmate. Oh my goodness. If you've been around Heart of Dating at all, you know that I roll my eyes when this word comes up, okay? Because it often indicates just so many things I'm not even going to get to. I'm not even going to get into all of it right now, okay? But instead of looking for a soulmate, I want to encourage you to look for what Gary calls a S-O-L-E mate. What's an S-O-L-E mate? A soulmate spelled that way? It's someone to walk through life with and seek first his kingdom together. Gary says in his book that we are created to spread God's kingdom and do his work. So if we choose a partner to spend our lives with, we should be focused on representing God rather than just pleasing ourselves. He says this as well. If you're not living for a purpose any bigger than yourself, it will become boring meaning your relationship. If you're not living for a purpose any bigger than yourself, then your relationship will become boring. So in essence, when we are dating, our primary concern should be looking for whether or not this person is seeking God's kingdom and whether or not our kingdom mission aligns where we can make better impact for the kingdom of God than just as solo singles. But instead, what I so often see, which is why we're doing this series, is people getting hung up on compatibility differences that do not directly reflect mission in relationship. So bringing it back to healthiness as it relates to lifestyle preferences, for everyone in my DM saying that they want someone who can run a marathon, do CrossFit, be as active as they are, go on all these treacherous hikes, I guess I'm just curious to ask you, where is the line? Do you need to have perfect lifestyle preferences in line to be able to be on mission together for God? Now, I'm not saying that you can't date someone who is active, but I'm just saying, are you limiting yourself by not dating people who have the exact same lifestyle as you? Coming back to episode one and what we're saying right now in Matthew 6, 33, lifestyle things are a fun to have. They're not a need to have. Just like one of my fun-to-haves is someone who loves going to Disneyland, okay? It's not a non-negotiable, and I certainly wouldn't write someone off if they didn't love Disneyland, but it certainly is a major bonus if they do like Disneyland. But is it going to be something that sustains my marriage? No. Dating someone who likes Disneyland is more about making me happy than it is about holiness, right? So similarly, for all y'all saying, I want somebody who's going to go on all these hikes with me, do all these crazy workouts, do all these amazing active things, is that really going to bring God glory together? Or can you do those things without that person? Yes, I can date someone who is like, man, Disney's okay, but I don't really want to go to Disney with you. I can do that, y'all. Would it be a bonus if they came to Disney with me and they loved it? Yes. Is that a non-negotiable? Absolutely not. Another great example is football. Y'all, as a girl who originally came from Canada, if you didn't know that, fun fact, I was born in Canada, quite frankly, football was just not something that was big in my upbringing. I know all the Americans listening were like, <gasps> gasp, football was not important to you? What do you mean? Yeah, I, I just, to be honest, I don't really understand what's happening in football at all. <laughs> but I can tell you that most of the guys I've dated love football. And that's part of the compromise. 
Definitely not a deal breaker though, right? I mean, I hope that a guy doesn't eliminate me just because I don't love football. Like I have so many other things to offer and I will sit there and watch football with you and pretend I enjoy it or I'll actually try to enjoy it as I learn to understand it. But um, I hope that somebody's not writing me off just because I'm not a crazy football fan. So if marriage is less about making you happy and should be more about making you holy, why is it still that we are so focused on lifestyle preferences? Just ask yourself that. Why is it that you are so focused on lifestyle preferences? All right, that was a small tangent, but I think it's so relevant as we continue on this conversation of weight. All right, y'all, so here's the deal. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? 5 billion. And each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. This means we're throwing out plastic and we're wasting water. A while ago, I got into reusable water bottles because it didn't make sense for me to just keep drinking water bottle after water bottle. But something I still found myself flying through like nobody's business was my cleaning products. Spoiler alert, I'm a clean freak for anyone who didn't know that. But then I got introduced to Blueland. Blueland is an eco-friendly cleaning company. How are they eco-friendly? It's a simple idea. You buy their bottles once and then you refill them forever. No more plastic waste, hallelujah. All you have to do is fill Blueland's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes you have powerful and effective cleaning products in pretty colorful bottles. I've also been using their laundry and dishwasher tabs that come in chic and refillable metal containers instead of big, bulky, disposable plastic tubs. Blueland's stunning, high-quality bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit, and they're meant to be reused forever with money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2, you guys. It's not only great for the environment, and it's pretty in your home, but it also means more savings for you. Come on. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash heart. That's 15% off your first order of any Blueland orders at blueland.com slash heart. That's blueland.com slash heart. Now, if you guys have been around for a while, you'll know that we've talked about attachment wounding. And within that, I have shared that I personally struggle with anxious attachment. This anxiety that I can sometimes experience in dating will also lead to my body being inflamed in all sorts of ways. And one of the things that I discovered a while ago that has been helping both my inflammation and my sleeping patterns has been CBD because it can actually help with sleep and reduce pain, anxiety, and inflammation. However, today the CBD on the market has become extremely saturated. So please be careful when you buy your CBD. Low quality CBD can have undesired effects. The CBD brand I trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world. Ned produces several quality full-spectrum hemp oil products extracted from organically grown hemp plants. The products that Ned offers are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Now, I want to talk about two products that Ned offers. The first is a sleep blend. Over 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders, and many are prescribed sleeping pills or other over-the-counter nonsense items. 
Ned Sleep Blend blends CBN, a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep, with 750 milligrams of CBD made from the world's purest single-source full-spectrum hemp oil and organic and wild-crafted botanicals used in traditional medicine to foster rest. The second product I want to tell you about is the full-spectrum hemp oil. You can de-stress your wellness routine with a single all-natural remedy for alleviating stress and anxiety. Ned's full-spectrum hemp also comes in a capsule form. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right on their website. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf and Dr. Will Cole. If you want to check out Ned and try their full-spectrum hemp oil or sleep blend for yourself, we have a special offer for our Heart of Dating audience. You can go to helloned.com forward slash Kate or enter Kate at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. That's helloned.com slash Kate to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our Heart of Dating podcast and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health concerns. You guys, this topic is so complex and really I cannot even get to all that there is to say on this topic in this short mini series, but I do want to address anyone who feels shame about their size for just a moment. I actually started out my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, talking about the topic of body shame because somewhere along the way, shame became the lens in which we experienced our bodies. And within that, we start self-rejecting our bodies, which creates a slew of really terrible beliefs about ourselves. Maybe you feel shame about your body because you work crazy hard at taking care of your body and it's still so hard for you to feel good. Maybe you have a chronic illness or disease and your body aches and pains even with all the different doctors' prescriptions and doctors and protocols that you visit. Maybe you see all the fitness instructors on Instagram and you're looking at your weights over in your closet collecting dust. Maybe you see all the moms who just popped out babies and have flat stomachs and you're already questioning your body and thinking, oh my gosh, that mom looks better than I do today and I haven't even had a baby. Maybe you compare yourself to the ideals presented in media and no matter what you do, it never seems like you'll ever attain the level of perfect fitness that you're going after. Maybe you feel shame because you've worked through issues with your body, but you still struggle with shame and why you aren't just over this by now. To make matters worse, some people in the church look down on the issue of body insecurity as though it's something pointless or secular. So instead of being able to truly heal it, there's an emphasis to rather write it off and just love Jesus more. People in the church might say or insinuate things like, stop thinking about you, start thinking more about Jesus, start putting Jesus more on the throne of your life. But y'all, it's just not that simple. You can love Jesus and still worry about your body and have body shame. You can love Jesus and still sometimes worry about what the world thinks of you. And everyone on this podcast raised their hand in agreement, right? I know that that is over 90% of people. If you haven't gotten the book Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly, I'm just going to right now encourage you, go get that book. 
I've read it. It's been so, so, so profoundly transformative in my life. You're not going to be disappointed. Also, just well, go ahead and throw it in here that I talk about it also and thank you for rejecting me. And I think that will also be a really great resource for you. So in her book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, Jess Connolly says this, the way we view our bodies is not a shallow service issue for the immature or the vain. The way we see our bodies is a deeply spiritual issue because our bodies are made by God in the image of God, and they're where we encounter God for now. What's more, the belief that body image is just a shallow concern is a lie from the enemy that's wildly effective at making women believe they can disconnect from their bodies to the point of engaging in starvation, harm, and abuse, all because we've agreed that our bodies aren't spiritual. The point Jess is so profoundly making is this. God cares about our bodies. He cares about how we see our bodies. This isn't just a secular issue. It's a holy issue. So let me ask you, does the problem of your body and body shame feel insurmountable? Is it something that's holding you back in dating or affecting your relationships? Is it affecting who you date or how you put yourself out there or how you feel about yourself on a date? Here's what I'm getting at. Caring for our bodies is so important. They are beautifully glorious, holy temples made by our great creator. We are to love them and to treat them well. We are to use them for the glory of God. But too often we're bogged down with shame and idealizations from the world to be able to do so. And it hurts my heart that this affects dating. But obviously it does. It affects our confidence. It affects our ability to flirt and to connect and to remain present. It affects how we put ourselves out there and what risks we are willing or not willing to take. And on the flip side, it affects what we emphasize as a preference but yet treat as a non-negotiable. It also affects who we are actually choosing to date and how we're judging them. We often put our own ungodly standards on others, which then also indicates who we might be willing to ask out or accept a date from. So here's my suggestion. When it comes to yourself, I want you to take the relationship with your body seriously. If you have shame about your body, or if you've been mistreating it physically or even mentally or emotionally, I want to encourage you to do whatever you can to seek to repair that relationship Start diving through the layers of shame that have brought you to this moment. Take it day by day. Set boundaries for yourself. Celebrate the little wins of loving your body on today. Today I was good to my body. Today I loved my body. Today I didn't shame myself. Celebrate those little wins. And surround yourself with people who also want to be on the journey of loving their bodies as well. My friend, whether you are a man or a woman listening to this right now, Your body is a gorgeous masterpiece built by a glorious God who wants you to love it. Now, when it comes to who you're willing to consider in dating, I want you to challenge yourself here. What if you really started thinking about your weight preferences and compared it to episode one in this series? Is your weight preference a need to have, a nice to have, or a fun to have? Be honest with yourself. And not only that, is your weight preference in line with Matthew 6.33? Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Is your weight preference in line with that? So I want you to ask yourself these questions. And then I also want to close by encouraging you with something. A lot of this applies to both genders, 
But I specifically want to talk to the ladies for a second here because I did a poll on Instagram and I directed it to the men where I asked, would you date a woman who was curvier or weighed more than you or was outside your quote unquote weight preference? And guess what the dudes said? 70% of the men said yes, that they would date a woman who was curvier or weighed more than them or was outside their quote unquote weight preference. So I hope that encourages you. I really, really hope it does. I know it's not perfect. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but I really want you to hear that 70% of those men that answered that poll said yes. So to close, I want to share just some encouraging testimonials about this conversation regarding weight and dating. When it comes to healthy, you can't tell by looking at them. That's part of the problem. But people still do that, mainly with larger people. Most people are not making sure a thin person is healthy before deciding if they're attractive. I also think when we qualify it with, as long as they're healthy, that it's still counting a lot of people out. And honestly, it feels like a cop-out. Some people have chronic illnesses or mental illnesses that keep them at a higher weight. There's still bias when you say, as long as they are healthy. We accept a lot of the imperfections from people in dating, but mostly do not consider larger bodies, especially women, whether they're healthy or not. And I'd love to be wrong about this. This is hard. As a medical professional and someone who has struggled with being labeled overweight my entire life, I'm currently working through this for myself personally. By just looking at my physical body, I believe most of culture and the medical field would say I am unhealthy and that I need to lose weight because of X, Y, or Z. Yet I work out, run 5Ks weekly, I'm working on my sleep and hygiene, and I'm going to counseling. If I laid out quote-unquote stats, every medical professional I work alongside would say I'm healthy until they see me in person or my BMI. Being put in the unhealthy category my whole life, I found myself doing the same thing to others, especially in dating. Some days I feel confident and love my body and what she has done and continues to do for me. And some days I beat myself up and scold myself for allowing myself to get like this. I'm working on saying I'm healthy versus I'm trying to get healthy. And guys, listen to this testimonial from a dude. My girlfriend isn't my ideal weight type, and she's not overweight by any means. But I've personally been learning every day since dating her last year that she is beautiful. I've been really wrestling with this, and after some self-reflection, I believe my body preferences really stem from lust. I was so fixated on a super specific type, and since dating my girlfriend who doesn't fit the mold of my lustful preferences— It's really helped me realize how much I had an underlying lust issue within me. I'm still fighting against it, but God has been convicting me and hence putting me through more sanctification. I'm revering him more and more, and dating my girlfriend has been catalyzing that. A to the flippin' men, y'all. That is amazing. I love that so much. And before y'all get into a tizzy about saying that porn is such an issue for and all men struggle with this— You know, we need to give the guys some grace and love in this department. Yes, we need to change the statistics of porn. We need to break free of porn addictions. But I also want you to know that over 35% of women now struggle with porn addictions. And so we have to seek to understand, just like everything else we try to do here, don't put 
such a negative label on men and shame them because this is a really hard thing for them. And we want to, the best way to partner with guys to move them away from some of these lustful preferences and to move them away from things like porn addiction is not to shame them, but it is to make them feel loved, to seek to understand and to help them, encourage them to seek accountability. All right, y'all, I hope that today was encouraging. I know that we went all over the place. There's so much to say here, and I'm I'm really sure that I didn't get it all covered. I'm very sure of that. There's certainly so much more to talk about, but I just hope that this helped to challenge some of your mindsets. And so I want to leave you with questioning these things. Is your weight preference holding you back? Are you willing to possibly challenge your weight preference? Are you willing to see what's behind it? Are you willing to do some deeper diving as to why that's been your preference? Are you looking more to be happy than you are looking to be holy? And you know, I'm going to say it here again because it's basically my mantra for the series. Date the unexpected and God just may do the unexpected. All right, y'all, that's it for this conversation right now on weight and weight and dating. And I hope that you feel blessed by it. I hope you feel challenged by it. I hope you share it with a friend. We have so much more to cover in this series. And I just want y'all to also know that one of the main things that also came up in the weight conversation was chronic illness. And we will be talking about that here on this series. So don't worry, I didn't talk about it today. It's a huge, huge thing when it comes to weight and dating, and we will be covering chronic illness. All right, y'all, that's it for today. I will see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.